Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report. Wherever you get your podcast, you watch it on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And don't forget, you can read my work on ESPN.com. Don't forget, Tuesday night, Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders, and I will host our live stream YouTube show, answer all your questions, or not all your questions, a lot of your questions and address some of the angst that you may be having, frustration, encouragement, whatever you want to bring to the table. We'll be there to discuss it. Looking a little bit back at the Eagles game, also looking ahead since there's a game Thursday night. Also, I think this is a big pivotal stretch coming up for the commanders. So are they prepared? Are they equipped to get through this stretch? Maybe 3-0 and and maybe build some real momentum. So we'll get into all of that. And, you know, in a few minutes, I'm going to give you a full full film review because that's what this show is. I'm going to go over a lot of Emmanuel Forbes. I'm going to go over some Sam Howell. They're kind of in, you know, Forbes is in the same position that Howell was in last week. How do you respond? I'll get into all that. Listen, there were good things that he did that you can say, hey, you do this just like you did here. Do it consistently. You're going to be in really good shape. But you've got to do it really very consistently. So what he's going to go through is what a lot of corners are going to go, that which pretty much every corner goes through at some point. Anyway, I'll get into that. Also on Sam Howell, some things that he and I think the offense did well to create some positive situations and throws for him, but as well as creating yards after the catch. There's a really big number there that Washington uh, had in with the receivers, and it just it dominates over the other three games and what they were able to do. So we'll get into that and I'll show you some examples why. As a reminder, I cannot use video for the highlights or for the for the tape explanation. So yes, I know you would like it. No, I can't use it. I'm going to use this reminder every time because if I don't, someone's going to bring it up. Can't do it. If others do it, more power to them. They're not supposed to. I work for ESPN. I'm not going to do it because I'm not supposed to. So ESPN has the rights. I do not. So that's just my little disclaimer every time. But I'm going to bring you information that hopefully helps you learn or understand maybe what happened and why. So in all those situations, I'm not going to go over everything. I'm not going to go over all the all the details of everything. There were definitely some disciplined um, issues uh, even along the defensive line. It's not just Chase Young. I know he gets... There's a lot of that there sometimes with him, and sometimes it is him. Sometimes it's Deron Payne. So there's there, sometimes you have – I saw multiple times where the left end and Deron Payne are kind of rushing in the same gap. I don't know who's always at fault. I just know that shouldn't happen. So that kind of stuff was happening. I don't think it was necessarily a killer because Jalen Hurts didn't hurt him on the ground. Other quarterbacks have. But I also felt like they did a good job in some of the spy areas where there was um, sometimes – there was one time where um, Benjamin St. Juice 
is right, you know, looks like he's in man coverage in the slot. Guy goes across, the guy starts running across her. He passes him off and he does a great job communicating. You can see him pointing, you can see you could can't hear him yelling because I'm watching on film, but you can tell that he's probably yelling. And then he goes and he plays and sits in the middle. I think it was, I think Jamin took um, the receiver. And then that was this one where um, Jalen Hurts actually squeezes out because there was a gap. But because you have St. Juice there, he goes up and makes a stop for, I think it was like a two-yard gain. Really nice job in the open field by him. But I thought like they did a good job in that area. Listen, the defense, they did a good job against DeAndre Swift. Guys getting off blocks. Jamin Davis had a hell of a game. I'm going to show you a couple plays later. Really just a handful of plays that went awry. And typically, Emmanuel Forbes was involved in them in some fashion. Um, there was the one deep ball to Devontae Smith. He's in position to make a play. You got to go make that play. And I think that's that was there. That one was kind of basic. Some of the other ones, he's going to learn a few things. But I think that's okay. Like I thought it was okay for Sam Howell too. If this team is going to grow, they needed Sam Howell to respond to last week. You don't, you know, if you have a bad game, it's okay. What do you do the next week? What do you do the week after? If you have a good game, what do you do the next week? If you, you know, so it's always about stringing together just consistent weeks. You're not going to have a great week every week, but if you're consistent with everything, then more often than not, you will. And I think with Howell, he really showed a few things. So we're going to learn a lot about Forbes this week. And again, that's okay. Cause I'll tell you what, they want to learn more about him. And I think he's in a good room to help him learn and grow with guys like Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juiced. I think Fuller is a terrific mentor as long as he, as long as you use him in that role. And I'm not saying he does or doesn't. I think he, I know they talk a lot. So clearly, I'm just saying that when you have a guy like that, you use a guy, you use that resource. And Kendall Fuller is a really good resource for that entire room. So is St. Juiced. I think they're all smart players. And, you know, I think, I think Fuller does is somebody who's ultra prepared. He works on, you know, before practice every day, he's working on his footwork and just going through the technique of playing certain routes to get that footwork down because it takes time. What Forbes is going through is just that transition from college to the NFL. You have to learn a new tech. You're learning a new technique. So when you're not as yet, in, when that's not as yet ingrained in you, sometimes you get into situations, whether it's emotional, which I felt it seemed like it was at times with A.J. Brown, Another Mississippi guy, um, you know. So is that is that does that become an issue, right? And so when you when you have those situations in or t- tense situations, you fall back on what you used to do, not what you need to be doing now, because you're at a different level. All those guys in the SEC, hey, listen, Forbes was very productive in in a great football conference, and he, you know, while you can sit, anybody can say, well, look at the quarterbacks' faces sometimes. No other, no other corner was doing what he was doing and or has done in, in college. The kid has skills and talent and ability. He's I think he's going to be okay. We're going to learn, and that's okay. And but what's what's going on now, you do have to learn, like, hey, you can't use the same technique that you used, even in a great conference, because here it's the great players from all the conferences are now with now that you're competing against. So you have to learn to grow and adapt. If he does that, he's going to be a really good corner still. The notion that like it's he's, the kids played four games, kind of slow the roll on what kind of a draft pick he was. He has to learn. He has to grow. He has to go through this. You t- I talked to corners today. I talked to Fred Smoot today for a while about some of this stuff. Like, you know, and he's like, this is what 
every corner is going to have to go through at some point. Now, do they have the same kind of game that he did? Not necessarily, because he's also on the best player on, or on, on the uh, top receiver for the other team. You can you can also are you wonder like why were they doing that? I know they liked the matchup because of his length, because of his speed on AJ Brown, but after a while. You know, is if AJ Brown is he getting in his head a little bit because there clearly was a lot going on in terms of the talking between the two and the sidelines, a little bit extracurricular, nothing, nothing major, but you just wonder. And I think Brown used that emotion or or that passion or whatever it is, maybe against him a little bit and some of those double moves late in the game. So anyway, but again, grow, learn, develop. This is how you do it. And again, I think if you're a coach, you can sit there and say, these are the plays, the exact same plays that you didn't execute on. This is where you did. So clearly you can do it. Now it's just doing it consistently. That's it. It's not, I, just, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's hard. So because again, you can sit here and say, just do it the same way every time. Well, you've got to go through these situations before you can really grow. And that's what he's going through. So let's go, let's talk a little bit about his game. Again, he can do it. It's about technique. Um, and, you know, there were a couple of double moves that he got bit on, bite on, or bit on late. And why is that? Um, you know, there is, um, oh man, how do you respond? It's all those lessons. You know, it's about the eyes. It's like they're going to look at your defensive backs coach or whatever. They're going to talk about eyes, feet, hips, hands. If your eyes are right, then your feet are right. And when your feet are right, your hips are right. And then you can use your hands to impact the play. And I think that's where he's got to get to. And I think that's a big lesson here is trust all those four words, trust them and get your eyes right, which then get your feet right, which gets your hips right, which gets your hands involved in the play. And, it, and there are times he definitely uses his vision. I mean, it was, there are times are pretty good. And let's start with, we're going to start with some of those early in the game, play with good vision. And, you know, he sees there was one where he sees the receiver through the quarterback or, he, you know, he's looking at the quarterback, sees the receiver while keeping his eye on where he needs to be. And because of that, the technique was really good. And, you know, he drops with them. He matches them. It's just, it was really, really good. That's what he needs to do all the time. Just again, just little reminders for himself. A couple of plays later. Hey, listen, one of the plays he got burned on was the jam. So a couple plays later, after I did the play I just talked about using his eyes, you know, he he does a good job of a jam on AJ Brown. It's a, it's a it's a zone coverage. You got two deep safeties, and you want to jam, reroute, disrupt the timing, and he does that. So you see that he can do it. It's not a matter of you can't do it or not. It's just a matter of just make sure every time that you do it. Because if you don't, this is the result. And I'm going to get to one of the plays in a minute about what happens now. In between those two plays, there's one time where let's talk about the eyes. And I'm going to put this example up for you because I think it's important to see what I'm talking about if you're able to watch on YouTube. And this is a little very subtle thing, but he's in a press coverage here and against, against Brown. And so right before the snap, you're in press coverage, you're, you know, it's man coverage, your helmet's just, you're looking right at him. So in the picture, if you can, if you're not, if you're just listening to the podcast, just picture the W. You see the full W on his helmet from the angle, from the side angle, right? Because it's man. You're looking at it, looking at your defender. Well, right, right, just a little bit before the snap, he peeks inside. And that if if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the W is a little bit obscured here. 
because of that. So why is he doing that? He doesn't need to do that. Everything's in front of him. By doing that, then the ball is then snapped, and A.J. Brown, he's he's then instantly off balance. Brown gets him to the inside, and he wins. I think it was like a 15-yard gain on this play, but it starts with just, just calm, watch your job, and then go. Again, lesson. It's not like he can do that. This, this, that's what I think if you're – yes, it was a tough game for him, but nothing that he did – was was everything he did wrong is very correctable. And I think that I'm not going to sit here and say you should be encouraged because he messed up. No, but I think you should, but the key for him is that where he did mess up, it's very correctable and he can go do it. I mean, he's a smart corner. He does work hard. So it's just a matter of how quickly do you, how quickly do you absorb all these lessons and then apply them on the field? But again, that's when that was easy. Just look at your guy. And when he does, you settle your feet. You're you're good off there, and you can you can jam a little bit. And I think you know when you're trying to do that. Listen again. This talking is smooth, but one of my favorites to talk to about this stuff. You you you're you're playing press. You got now he's got two choices: slant or fade. And so on that one, Brown goes to the to the slant. But because of the little peak, I think it got Forbes a little bit off stride there, and and it leads to a, a an easy catch for for Brown. So. You know, a couple times, there were a couple of times he tripped and fell on some stuff. You know, fortunately for him, it didn't didn't get hurt on, on those plays. I mean, hurt in terms of a big play. Um, but, you know, this is something that people are going to see that on film. They're going to try and, like, test you on some of these downfield moves to see what happens and how you do it. And we all know. And I think if I'm, if I'm Forbes, I'm actually kind of excited, like, to play Thursday because, like, he knows they're going to now come after him. And what does a guy who intercepts passes want? He wants people throwing the ball at him. So you can spin this in a very positive way if you're Forbes, if you're the commanders. Like, listen, you have an opportunity now. They're going to come after you. Do something with it. You know, make a big play. And then then everything, the narrative flips in one week. And then it all becomes about, hey, this kid's making plays. Yeah, he's growing here, but he's making plays. That's what you need to do. So, and again, the way he plays, He's usually put himself around the ball, and he almost had one the other day. Another one that was tipped that he may have taken in, but again, it was the the receiver was right there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so now I'm going to show that other jam. And, you know, I talked about the earlier jam that out of a, it was like in the next one was in a cover, it's cover two. So you, what the whole job of the corner there is you want to disrupt the timing of the play. And you look, when you watch, when I watch Kendall Fuller on the other side, he's given a hard jam. You know, is Devontae Smith, the guy's not, he's not going to be a part of the play, but he also throws off the timing even if he was. But the reason why it's a key to throw off that timing it's it's you know first of all you're gonna it puts yourself in better position but it puts the safety in better position and so on the play to Brown Derek Force is just a little I'd say a half second I don't say late but he needs he needed another second a half second or so to get over there 
So that's where that jam comes into play. And, and all on this one, Forbes just kind of taps him and lets him go and sinks. And my first thought was, oh, he's got to sink a little bit deeper. But the reality is he needed to jam him much better and disrupt the timing of the play. And if you do that, then Jalen Hurts probably going to have to go somewhere else. Or Derek Force is coming over there to make a play because he was in position. He was in the Derek Force is in the right spot. He just he just didn't have he needed a little bit of help to get over there, right? And so that's that's what didn't happen on that play. Um, another time he does get burned by his eyes. And a couple of times, this is where keep your eyes on your work. And that's again, it's not a matter of skill or talent, it's a matter of discipline. So another time there's, you know, he's covering Devonte Smith inside and um, gets, there's a, some play action going on. His eyes divert to some of the wrong stuff and he doesn't see, and Devonte Smith starts going by him for some reason. I don't know why, but Jalen Hurts doesn't throw the ball. It's unbelievable. He held the ball for 4.03 seconds. If the Eagles lose that game, if I'm an Eagles guy, I'm looking at that play and saying, what are you doing? Because it was, I mean, I'm telling you, man, he's watching him go down and he's just holding, 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 holding the ball. And then that's when where um, he gets hit, ball pops out. And it's like, it's going to be intended for De Devontae Smith, but it probably goes instead of 30, it probably goes about five yards downfield because he gets collapsed, but it's 4.03 seconds. But so, so <laughs> Forbes, Gets a gets very fortunate there. Again, keep your eyes on your work. Even on the touchdown run by DeAndre Swift. Now Chase Young goes a little bit wide. J John Allen gets washed, you know, tries to go inside. Big gap left by that. But on that one, like with, with Forbes, like there's a guy, a receiver running that way. Just, you know, you need to let him go. You need to, you could see he's going to block. Get your eyes inside. But I don't even know that he, if he even has that he, they makes a play because those two, Allen and, and Young, left a really big gap there. So I'm not sure that it would have really mattered, to be honest. Um, and then, then you look at the double moves, and this is the, this is again the coaching point, the learning point. You can slow those by just playing it right. And I think in in the in the first, you know, um, first of all, AJ Brown gets him a couple times on those. They started throwing those later in the game. And I think, you know, they just set it up, set it up, set it up. But you also, I think, again, this is where he starts to play on some of that aggressiveness. And the one thing that we saw, and this is one thing that you talked about in camp, saw it in Baltimore in those scrimmages or those practices where he gets, he he's going to go hard on those double moves because he's a very aggressive corner. That's why he will eventually make more plays. But it's why he's going to give up some if you don't get the technique down. And so that's what the goal is here for them is get that technique down again, just be consistent. So one of the things that you do, you know, if you're, if you're a corner, you want to, you want to, if he's going to throw a double move, you've got to position yourself. So he's got to run through your chest and on the double move for the, um, for the touchdown, for example, that's not going to happen. I mean, there's, there's no chance that he's, he's inside him. And you want to get, you know, I think the goal is to get at least get kind of try to aim for that outside shoulder. So that way you have to make him run through your chest. Um, and if nothing else, you're in position now to run with him. And that's something that, again, just lesson learned. Right. And that, you know, I don't want to say everything's OK because it did it didn't help them yesterday. But if he learns the lessons, then he becomes a better corner. And just like Sam Howell learned his lessons last week. The other thing is, too, and 
and on the um on the first long one that that AJ Brown had, I think it was the 59 yard yarder. It's a little pitter patter of the feet. And this is one of the things that Fred pointed out to me is like your pitter patter, you know, you kind of know what he's going to do. So just make sure you're seeing everything right. And um, you know, so that's just that's one of the things for him to look for. But the kid's got talent, and I, I think he's going to be okay. And I, I just, but you, I, I think the other thing is, you know, he's got to bounce back. And the one thing that it was encouraging to me was that he did sit there at his locker after the game and answered every question. And I do think that the other D backs have his back, and I think that's also crucial because. If you see a kid working, if you see the way he plays and you respect that, you're going to have his back. And they certainly did. And so I think those are good signs for him and for them. Um, you know, first, you know, but again, I think it would not shock me at all if that kid has a pick six on Thursday night because guys like that, they have those bad games and they come right back and they make a big play. And I think, listen, if I'm the Bears, I'm going to test that and go see what does he learn? And again, if I'm Forbes, I want that badly. I want them to throw the ball to me, to my side, so I can go make a freaking play. And, you know, um, that's the, to me, that's the fun part about watching. It's the hard part, but also the fun part about watching rookies grow and develop because you're going to go through bad situations because they all do. So what do you do next? And I think that's the big thing for Forbes. We saw what Howell did. Now let's see what Emmanuel Forbes does because the talent's there. Listen, he made some other plays. He comes up on a tackle. Everything I pointed out to you, he handled before. And that's why they know you can do it. You just now have to do it consistently. And you know the double moves, I think he's going to have to work on a little bit because that's an aggressive mindset. And you don't want to take the aggressiveness away, but you have to learn how to play those double moves so you don't get burned by them all the time. And, you know, and, and then, so we'll see, but again, find him. I'm looking forward to Thursday in a very big way. All right. A couple quick takes before I get to Sam Howe. And again, I want to stress that I still like Forbes. I mean, there, you nobody should be thinking that he's some wasted draft or bad draft pick after four games. I think that that kind of talk is very, very, very silly. And so I'm not partaking in that. My goal here is to say, hey, this is what the coaches want to see from him. So I'm trying to point out plays where you say, okay, this is how a kid can grow and develop. Uh, linebacker Jamin Davis thought he had a really good game. I think the kid is the guy is playing fast this year. And, you know, there were a couple times where I felt like, you know, there was one play in particular. Oh, well, first of all, he had a, the bulk of his plays. We're probably for two tackles for two yards or less. That's really good. That's really, really good. And so, you know, I think there was one tackle he had that was like a six yard game that he was assist on. Everything else was like, I think two yards or less. And there was one time where it was um, two yards. I think it was a maybe a stop for a loss. But what I really liked is the, just the recognition he's playing with and the speed he's playing with. And he charges upfield and he. The, there's a, a tight end pulling from the left side and he meets the tight end two yards deep in the backfield stuns the tight end. I don't think the tight end is expecting him to be there. Then he sheds the block, makes a tackle. You saw that a lot from Jamin Davis. And I think that's, that's a really good sign for them. He's been very, very good. And I thought he was, I think he was, I think Sunday he was, he was very good. And they're using a speed when you're playing some of these, mobile quarterbacks, I think that speed at linebacker by him in particular 
really gives them an edge as so he can use they can use him as a spy when they need to. You know, Cody Barton, I felt like played better, still has a, still has a ways to go. And so we'll see where he develops. Anyway, but I really wanted to point out with Jamin because I think he's done a nice job there. And yes, they're all going to give up plays because every player in the NFL does. But by and large, I think he's done a nice job. The other area where we haven't talk, don't talk a lot about is special teams. And before, again, I'm going to get to Holland about in a minute or two. Um, but with special teams, you don't see it or we don't talk a lot about it because it just typically, you know, it's unless it's a long snapper. But I felt like, you know, they're, they're re- the punt coverage was was not good the other day. And that that certainly did not, that certainly contributed, I think, to the loss. It wasn't just, it was Tressway's poor, the 29-yard punt in, in overtime didn't help. But also on that play, this is where the details come in. Jeremy Reese, Pro Bowl, all pro, up, you know, the punt protector, and guy gets through there and nobody blocks him. And it almost, it almost doesn't result in a near a, a almost miss, but it was a close miss, but it forces way to really kind of get a quick, a, a really good or a quick kickoff. And I think it was in like 1.15 seconds. Sometimes he's getting 1.3, but other times he's been up about the same speed and he gets off a good punt. So I'm not going to give him excuses, but on that play, the blocking and Jeremy Reeves knows this. I mean, nobody knows more than him what, what he needs to do. But it, that was one of those little examples of details. And then um, Reeves misses a tackle one time, but it's a seven-yard gain. So it wasn't a killer play. But then there was also Quan Martin um, on one time as a, as a, as a gunner gets tr- going. He's running. Sometimes you're going to have him like you're going to pin him to a side. You get one gunner coming down here. You get another guy going down the middle. And this particular one, Martin gets shoved, blocked out of the way, and it creates – there's nobody in in this gap on the other side and the return it's a 20 yard return it comes up the left side and because he gets blocked so far inside then it takes one guy to that that range and you know he gets through some other guys but like that was a big play he's like those are little things that they were going to have to do better when you're in a 34 31 overtime game things have to go very well and in that case uh, they did not and so i think the special teams the coverage unit has to be better and it's it's with all of them the snaps though we're good so let's get to Sam Howell, and this will be the last thing I go over. And there's a lot there because, again, he did a really good job of responding. And this is why, I'm, if I'm the coach, like, hey, I'm excited to see what Emmanuel Forbes does for the same reason. Because if you're a competitor, you respond. And I, I never, I, I'll be honest, I never worried about how Howell re- would respond because this is his whole career has been about that. You know, bad play ignores it. You know tight clutch or tense situations makes plays and, and, you know, isn't phased by it. And so he did a really good job. I also felt like the game plan was terrific and just the style of plays that the past plays, they put themselves in much better position to do things after the catch. But a lot of that came from Howell's decision-making much quicker. Now, is it going to happen? Is it all just go away in one week? No, because they're going to, he's going to, some teams are going to throw some stuff at him that he hasn't seen before or causes maybe some hesitation for whatever reason. It's going to go, he's this, the the growing pains are not over after one game, but he really responded well. And I thought Eric Bieniemy called a really good game and not just called a good game, but had a good game plan. A lot of quick throws, and you saw that early on. One the the big stat, and I told you about the yak. The big stat, they had 142 yards of yak overall. Now, the key is it was 110 by the receivers. In the first three games, first three games, 79 combined yards by the receivers on yards after the catch. That was horrible. 
They were the worst team in the NFL in the first three games with wide receiver yak, not just total yak, but wide receiver yak. Because some of the in the Denver game, they had a lot of yak because of the screens. But as far as the the receiver yak, it had not been there. And sometimes it was a matter of getting rid of the ball on time or getting the ball out on time. Sometimes it was a matter of the routes they're running, you know, and and, and other things. So I felt like they did a good job here. There are a couple of times they used some motion to get into bunches or stack formations that resulted in a little bit test the communication. And, and I think they did that and, and it resulted in some positive plays. So that was a good sign for them. But I think a lot of it stemmed from Sam Howe. He got better protection. I know there was there were five sacks. Um, sometimes, a couple of them were on him. I'm not going over all the sacks, but I know that by and large, the protection, he had a good protection throughout the game. And I'll be honest, like there are times where we talk about the Washington's, the, the, the pass rush and some undisciplined play at times. Goodness, man, the Eagles did the same thing. And there were some big gaps for how to run through. And it was all because like this guy's rushing here, this guy's rushing there, this guy's going over here. It's all hell's breaking loose. And sometimes that those gaps open up. So everything that I'm saying about like the commanders, like if the Eagles had not made one or two more plays than Washington did, you're talking, you know, the Philly fans are going to be talking about some of this, like they're too undisciplined here. They're too this or too that, but they win a game. So everything looks a lot, lot different in, in the rear view mirror anyway. So, but I give a lot of credit to Howell for how he responded for the game plan. And then for how, again, getting rid of the ball pretty quick. So I, you know, there were a couple of times I felt like, again, the bunch stack, like there on the, on the one stack, it was to, um, uh, to Jahan Dotson early in the game, they motioned him over to to the right side. And then it te- again, the corners had to switch. But I don't think Darius Slay knew that he was switching right away because two guys go with, I can't remember if it was Curtis Samuel or Deami Brown. And then Jahan just sneaks inside and Slay realizes it's his man. But by the time he gets there, it's too late. 10 yards of yak. Another time, um, and I'll get to this play in a minute, but there was another one to Deami Brown for 20 yards of yak. So the response is what I expected from, from Sam Howell and I think from everybody involved. I think Eric Bieniemy is a good coordinator, so you knew he would he would be okay there. So and sometimes it's a matter of converting some plays early. If you if against Buffalo, they convert a few plays earlier or, or not turn the ball over, then that game starts to look a little bit different. Now, how how it turns out, who knows? But it certainly looks different if you convert plays early, and they did just that. The first play of the game, the first play of the game, I thought that it showed some of what was going to be in store for the rest of the day. Howell looks to his right, gets back to Terry McLaurin for a 15-yard gain. You know how quick that was? 1.81 seconds. That's really good. That's really good getting to your second. That's how you also help your protection is by doing that. And he helped the protection a few times. There are a couple of times that the protection would have failed him, but because he made quick decisions with the ball, you didn't. He, it didn't hurt the team, right? Again, still five sacks. That's too many. Anyways, and the next play after that one, he, this is what I also like. So before the game, they knew like, this is one thing that, and I wrote an article about like, where are all these sacks? Why are all these sacks? Well, one of the things that Terry McLaurin talked about is getting easy passes for him. They have them in the playbook and they've used them. So in this case, when the Eagles corners were coming up, they were going to go to the fade of the back shoulder. So the second play of the game, you have an example of this too, that you see, you know, the, the corner comes up and presses McLaurin automatic to back shoulder and the and a conversion for 14 yards. Not the second play, second pass play. And later, um, another time to uh, McLaurin. And this is, again, when you're getting to your second option. So on, a, on another pass later, 
the reason why there was another one over the middle where McLaurin gets like 10 yards after the catch, but it's because, because of how, how gets through the progression. He see, he looks to his left. He's got Logan Thomas over here. You take your hits, not there. You get your feet around, you get back, you work to McLaurin's side, but you get on the ball in time and you give him room after the catch. And it's got him. I, I can't remember how long I didn't have how long the gain was. I don't know why, but it was a 10 yards of yak. So that's what I'm focusing on. And how do they create it? They created it because he gets through his progression at the right pace and he gets to his guy and they gave him the time to do it. That's also very, very key. That's something I talked about last week, that if you're going to have a young quarterback, you've got to give him some time to make these plays. And they did that. So the other one, the 20 yard yak, third and four, it's with Deami Brown. It's, yeah, it's Deami Brown. They motion to a bunch setting on the on the right side. So you got the bunch setting. It's a tight bunch. And Diami was running inside. And he looks like he's going to kind of come to the inside. And Slay starts coming inside. And he cuts back out. The other two are coming inside. He goes outside. Easy, easy pitch and catch. Ball coach. And, it gets, and then uh, Diami gets uh, 20 yards after the catch because of the design of the play. And, and Darius Slay gets caught really kind of being aggressive coming inside. See, it happens to a lot of corners, even the veteran ones. And so that's just, again, good play design, good execution. And I think there's like, there's a lot that to really like about what they showed um, there. And so I think, you know, it helps out the offensive line when you do that. And that was just, just a good play. I felt like he got to his checkdowns in pretty good fashion. And that was also, again, you avoid disasters when doing that. Um, I really, you know, the one thing they did do, they they did leave some points on the field. I mean, they had they they left. What was it? The um, there's a deep one to McLaurin where, man, it was well designed. You created you, you have. I think Dotson's coming across or takes the other safety drives down on that, and that just leaves a wide open right side of the field for McLaurin to go run under a long ball. Except that Howell throws it basically straight down the field and over his head, he's got no chance. You put it out, let him run. McLaurin's going to get a big play, maybe maybe a touchdown. They ended up not getting any points on that drive. Excuse me, I think they got a field goal on that drive. That four points makes a big difference. So they did leave points on the field. They they definitely feel like that. But every game, like you can go through every game and say, oh, they left points on the field. I remember, well, how, you know, this will be, this is a little bit of a um, pleasant memory for me, but a couple of years ago, Ohio State hung 62 on Michigan. Yes, I'm so proud of that. Yes, it's been a brutal last couple of years. But the point is, in that game, when I went back and watched it, um, a couple of years ago, I went back and watched it, they should have had 80. And so, you know, but it was a great game because you scored 62, but you left points on the field. So every game you're going to have that, even if you have a great offensive game. I mean, the Eagles left points on the field, for goodness sake. So, you know, anyways, but it is one where it's like, yeah, it was right there. So, but again, play design gets it there, and they did a good job of executing on a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, I, I felt like even on um, last drive, what I really liked with Howell. Oh, by the way, the other one that I didn't like too was inside the red zone. He almost throws a pick in the end zone. I don't know what he was thinking on that one because it was a it was just a dangerous pass in the into the end zone, and he didn't need to. I think it may have even been a first down. It was. It was a first down. Didn't need to do that. And and that that he flirted with disaster. Remember, it was like to the right side, broken up in the end zone, almost picked. Just really dangerous. That's where that's again. You get fortunate that it not nobody picked it off. Ball bounces the wrong way, and now we're looking again at a different game and another frustrated opportunity but it didn't so we're not 
Anyway, on the last drive, what I really like too is this is where the poise shows up. But that's that's how. I mean, the poise is always there. When he was at Duke or Duke, Carolina is a freshman. His dad's name is Duke. And I was thinking about it. I talked to his dad. So anyway, but he had he had um there, like he was in tense situations as a freshman in some you know comeback games against good teams early in his first year. And he always kind of rose to the occasion. And I think that's what he did here. They're really good in the two-minute drill, and that's a credit to Bienemy, that's a credit to Howell and the offense. But I liked in the last drive, he, did, he really did a good job taking what was there. The Eagles, man, everybody who talks about these guys playing cushion, watch the Eagles' corners. They play really off. Now, in the last drive, they played even further off. And so they were giving them a, lot, a couple easy pitch and catches and to get out of bounds, too. Like they were allowing them to get out of bounds and, and it, it made it just easier. I mean, listen, they had one second left and that's all they needed. So there was any point in that drive, you're playing a little slightly tighter coverage, maybe that you run that clock out, and they did not. Now, they also got fortunate that the ball to Curtis Samuel over the middle on the where, where it was five seconds left in the start, that there was one second left of that because he's not scoring on that. I'm not sure that he had no chance to score on that play. And so if you complete it, game's over, and, you're, and you lose because there's two guys there, got no chance. Anyway, but what I also liked is on that last – that last play or the last on the touchdown, watch the play, man. If you go back and watch it, that's just, that's anticipation. And that's just trust because he is ready to throw it before, before Dotson is breaking on the route. And it was a coverage you wanted. It was their third corner. And that's exactly where you want to go. But it was also, he did not hesitate. That that dude came out ready to fire that ball to, to Jahan Dotson and with good reason. And Dotson makes a really good catch. And I just think that, again, anticipation, trust, and, and it paid off big time. And then the last one, the last one was the, in the, the one in overtime, the ball to Terry. It's funny because you talk, you know, again, little details. And one of the things that talking with guys like, you know, if you can throw it a little bit quicker and let Terry run under it because he's got man coverage, you know, he's got man coverage, just let him run under it. However, on the play, there was pressure and that's, that's where the line didn't help. Him. And the pressure forces him to step to his left to create a, a lane to throw or uh, so he can throw it. That little step could have been the difference between getting a field goal or having to punt. And so like, or, or, holding the ball because it would have been first down in, in Eagle territory. And maybe it should have been anyways. We know that, but you know, whatever, if you were able to throw it earlier, then you give McLaurin a much better chance and you take it out of the official's hands and you leave it in McLaurin's feet. How's that? But if you, so that's, but that's a little thing, but it's one of those things that adds up. So if you're able to protect on that one, he knows where the ball's going. You know your guy is going to get there. So just throw it out there to him. And he makes the catch. And if you, if you, if it, if he had been able to throw it just a little bit earlier, again, not blaming him. That was that was on the line, allowed the pressure and forces him to move and, and create some space so he can throw the ball. Otherwise, he's going to get drilled. And you know, if you can do that, then maybe they're maybe we're talking about a W right now, but he didn't. Or they they didn't give him the protection. He didn't get it off like that. And the ref said he was out of bounds. So there you go. Anyways, that's it for me. I hope you learned something. That's all I'm trying to do here. This is not a time to criticize and just rip into guys. That's not my style because I don't think that's a good style for me. And I also think that there are a lot, you know, shoot, like I pointed out with Forbes, 
guy had a tough game, but he also had areas where you say, if you do it like this, you're going to be fine. Look at Sam Howell, right? And and Howell was not perfect, but he had a lot of good plays. And I think the design was really good, et cetera. And now the question is, can they build on it? So we'll see. Anyway, I'll be back Tuesday night with Bram Weinstein, the voice of the commanders, 7.30 Eastern time. Join us for the live stream show. Bring your questions, bring your concerns, bring whatever you want to bring. Um, and there you go. Talk to you next time.